It's the Hats Off, Gloves Off podcast. With Mitchell Phillips and Spencer Callender. Hello, faithful listeners. This is uh, Mitchell Phillips Skyping in. Quarantine Skype with uh, Spencer. Yeah, I'm just I'm at a I'm at a high school football game right now. I might be a little loud, mingling among the people. <laughs> I'm just at a flea market, you know, what the government recommends right now. Um, I'm at a mall in New Jersey. We're we're skyping in because we're on quarantine, and you're still just at fucking Meadowlands. <laughs> oh man! Uh, so this is hats off, gloves off. With a special edition quarantine pod. This is the third one, right? Um, so we're not doing any hats or gloves. I guess we can. We'll just pepper them out, right? Yeah. Gloves off just... to everyone in the in the documentary. Yeah, and then like, and then there's like maybe like ten hats off sprinkled throughout. <laughs> um, yeah. Jesus. All right. So basically, how this is uh, the special edition Tiger King. Um. Just like Jeremy Scott is probably going to do with Adidas, this is the Tiger King special edition <laughs> of the Hats Off, Gloves Off podcast. Um, normally, we just, you know, we go two and two, hats off, gloves off each, gloves off to those deserve it, and that sounds like... Hats off to you, sir. That's off. Jeremy, fired that intern. Horrible intern. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we figured uh, normally I'm always happy That's when awesome. something is really popular and I like it because normally if it's super popular, I'm not I don't watch it and I don't enjoy it. But this has been the number one thing on Netflix, period, for two weeks still yeah. is. I checked today and it's nice to be to enjoy something and know the world is also enjoying it with you. Yeah, I put it off for like four days because I first heard of it because it was going around like wildfire. And I was like, I'm not watching this. It's yeah. like um, The Staircase or like Evil Genius where I was like, fuck that. And then like I finally give in and I was like, oh, that, this is amazing. I love this. Yeah, exactly. like, Will you it marry me, like, I gave uh, It took me a while to watch Game of Thrones because I'm like, all these fucking idiots. No way. I'm like, yeah, it's a pretty good show. I enjoy yeah, it. The, and these are the same nerds that like everything I hate. But, yeah, um, but a, what a broken clock is right twice a day. And what, they are right with Tiger King. It is wonderful. What I haven't looked into, was this supposed to just come out? Is this just a coincidence that the greatest docuseries of all time comes out in the first week of quarantine? Or did they? Or is this like the Jordan doc where they want to, like to push it because they know everybody's home? Yeah, even the Jordan doc, though, wasn't coming out for a couple weeks. But uh, yeah, I have no idea if this was normal release date or not, but it's great timing. Couldn't be better. Really, the only thing I see on Facebook is Tiger King and coronavirus. So <laughs> yeah. it's like that is truly all anyone's talking about. Um, all right. So basically how we're going to run through this, I've got a general timeline. And then when we get to um, basically when Carol successfully sues Joe, then we're going to s- slowly get into the characters. All right. And then, you know, just little accessory timelines. Things like that. And at the end, I have just additional notes. Things that um, don't really come up in the main timeline. 
but I do not want to get lost in this in this goddamn mess of a podcast. Yeah, because uh, I don't really plan on doing any hats off, gloves off. I just have general notes, quotes, uh, some new information I got from digging. And I'm just really grateful because I've been watching casually Joe Exotic videos for like three years because I had seen that episode of John Oliver, which came out a few years ago. Uh-huh. And that's, that's how I found out about it. So I checked him out. And what was always really funny to me is... He did a daily TV show every single day for like a decade. And when I watched the videos, even with him being on John Oliver, they only had like 800 views, 700 views. So he was doing this every day for maybe a thousand people. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because, I mean, I sent you that Louis Thoreau. Louis Thoreau is the greatest documentarian alive. Like, I don't give a shit about fucking Ken Burns Vietnam. Louis Thoreau is the goddamn man just because he I don't know if he's actually like such an awkward guy or if that's his like character to get shit out of people. But he's he's incredible. And he did he did a thing on um, exotic pet owners in 2011, which is the same year that um, he got sued by Carol, which is where all the crazy shit starts. So Louis Thoreau was onto him like before any of the wild stuff even happened. I kind of wish Tiger King was done by Louis Thoreau. Yeah, but but it turned out to be all right. I couldn't watch the documentary because uh, BBC said I had to be in England, but I did watch some clips and there was a great clip when Joe was saying, hey, if this tiger attacks you, I'm going to shoot you in the head because you're done for. Um, That's the more humane thing to do. And Louis Thoreau just awkwardly goes. You're gonna Shouldn't shoot you me. Shoot the tiger in the head. Like, <laughs> He's like, so what you is your logic me? here? <laughs> oh, because the guy clearly likes tigers more than people, unless you're blowing him for meth. I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to just pose a quick question as a ranking. So basically, I think everyone in this doc is like uh, has god complexes and are kind of evil, but don't think they are, except for like. Yeah the boyfriends like that john guy with no teeth he seems like a really sweet guy like he's cool um the lesbian with the missing arm yeah we'll she's really cool she actually um, identifies well, as a man i heard so oh, okay. uh, i guess she's not a lesbian but yeah, um just, just a chill ass dude with one arm and who else but, um, um, doc annals first wife you remember her yeah she just seems very level-headed and like normal and she's like all right here's all the crazy shit that went down yeah yeah. well doc clearly is the smartest one because he knows how to run it where one he hasn't really gotten into any trouble and he's supposedly uh cremating cats two he uh is a big fan of joe and supports all he's doing like that time when he was like whoa whoa you haven't seen here kitty kitty you don't know what you're missing and and he's smart They, they asked him about um What's what's that douchebag's name who uh god damn it fucking it up already. Uh what's the what's the guy the the guy who has the hat and the and the do rag underneath? Oh um fuck Jeff Lowe. Yeah, Jeff Lowe. They asked him about Jeff Lowe and he's like, I'm not saying shit. He's gonna sue me. He's a dirty rat. I All hate right, let's, him. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's let's run down like a general breakdown. <laughs> All right, so um, somewhere in the mid to late 90s, a man named uh, Joe, 
what's his last name? It was like Schreibheimer or something. Schreibengeiger, but then he changed it. He kept changing his last name because he thought that would get him away from the lawsuit. So he changed it to Maldonado, which is one of his husband's names. And yeah. then he uh, then changed it to his, he changed it a bunch because he thought it would get him out of lawsuits. Joseph Allen Maldonado Passage is his current legal name. Uh, Schreibvogel is his uh, his given name. So a man named Joe Schreibvogel comes out to his parents, right, uh, as being a gay man, and they disown him. So um, dad said, "You need to promise me uh, you won't come to my funeral." Yeah, yeah, the hardcore like, which is also like. You need to keep reminding yourself this this entire storyline starts in 1999. We are like, this is kind of crazy. Like all the small things is already like a classic at this point. <laughs> you know? Like this isn't like yeah. this all strikes my as like Florida in the 70s and 80s, like that cocaine cowboys era. But it's not. This is all like when I was in like fifth grade. <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> um, yeah. And the, one of the opening lines about Joe from someone else is said. He's com- he's a completely insane, gay, gun-toting, drug addict fanatic. Yeah, great description. He's not real. He's a mythical figure living out of bumfuck Oklahoma. <laughs> um, okay, so he's distressed, right? His family just disowned him. He can't go to his dad's funeral. He crashes his car off a cliff. On purpose, supposedly. On purpose, allegedly. So he... Um, while he's being rehabbed for this like traumatic accident, he's got like serious um, uh, damage to like his spine. It fucks up the way he walks. His leg is permanently for life fucked up. He's just rehabbing at home in Florida, uh, northern Florida, and his neighbor happens to work at an animal sanctuary where he would bring home like baby animals to nurse because uh, they don't have the mothers because of I mean all of like the what do they call it the cubbing and the petting where you pay pay to play. Cat yeah, breed. yeah, yeah, and then which we'll get into a little dark anthel controversy. Um, he falls in love with uh, animals, right, and the of the exotic variety, as most people in Northern Florida do. And, well, um, and, his... and Joe's had five husbands. When he first fell in love with animals, he was married to a guy who is now in prison because he is uh, he raped a child and then he murdered someone. Yeah, yeah. So they don't talk about him at all in the doc, but he has that that husband to deal with well because it's like oh your first husband is a pedophile who murdered somebody it's like that's not even in the top 20 of things we need to discuss in this documentary <laughs> yeah yeah irrelevant <laughs> um bad to the bone so he um his brother dies what was it a car accident his brother yeah, died got a- hit by a drunk driver yeah that's right so he gets settlement money which his family dis- didn't disown him that hard if he got a little settlement <laughs> Um, and also just to note, his brother's name is Gerald. It's just Harold with a G. <laughs> um, with that, with that money, he buys a pet store. Um, while he's working at the pet store, it's just a normal pet store, but he slowly starts accruing exotic animals. And then he starts touring mostly the Midwest, like malls and flea markets and stuff. All of the places you aren't supposed to go with Corona. He starts touring those, showing off all the big cats and like the snakes and alligators and shit. Um, with the money he's made from that, he goes to Oklahoma and buys an old horse ranch. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> so uh, seems pretty normal, right? So far, 
Yeah, so he turns this, this horse farm into an exotic animal park. Um, uh, zoo, in quotes. And then um, he starts his YouTube channel in around 2005, 2006. When YouTube starts taking off, he starts doing like a real rinky-dink show. Uh, which allows him in popularity to like uh, expand into merch. He opens up a restaurant at the zoo. Things like that. It's really, uh, you know, it's going well. 2006... He gets hit with a $25,000 fine. And this is where he pops up on a bunch of people's radar because this is when he starts getting news coverage. $25,000 fine for unsanitary conditions, abusing the animals, and renegade veterinary care. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which he films, by the way. He, the whole time he's continuing to incriminate himself. No one's making him film this. He insists on everything being filmed. Yeah, of course. Of course. Why wouldn't you? Well, I, f- I remember. Um, so when the uh, I saw a meme, where <laughs> the uh, the second that uh, that dude gets her arm torn off, they uh, he sh- he shows up in an EMS jacket. Like uh, he just has an ambulance driver's jacket for some reason. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He just he's like, oh shit! Finally, I get to use this. Someone got hurt. I get to throw yeah. this on. Well, he also uh, used to wear that. He would wear like a park ranger outfit too, like and with a badge. Oh yeah, yeah. He just made up his own uniform. And then you look at like all the people that worked for him, and it's just a dude in like an O'Neill shirt and like OP shorts <laughs> with like combat boots, with uh, no legs, and he has insane clown posse legs. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. Okay, so in 2006, when he gets that twenty-five thousand dollar fine, he pops up on the news, and this is when, uh oh. He pops up on Carol Baskin's radar. Not good. good. Oh, my God. Well, I I have in my notes, he pops up on Carol Baskin and her gay husband's radar. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, he is the cuck king. Oh, yeah. He's, um, yeah, it's another Tiger King. He's the cuck king. Um, so now let's he talks about how they've never him and Carol have never been in an argument before because he always steps back and says, you clearly want this more than me. Like he is the most submissive man on the planet. Oh, yeah. And you could just tell like. I, I could just assume his viewpoints on everything just by looking at like a photo of him. Um, let's see. So let's just let's get into a little bit. The um, the big cat rescue scheme, Right. So Carol Baskin, her whole thing was to, it's really, she's clearly the most evil and not even for reasons we're going to get into right now. Um, like See, the, I don't think she's the most evil. At least she truly does care about cats. Like, she has the nicest facility, although actually Doc's facility no, she is pretty legit. Yeah, no, she, she does. does. She does. If you actually research it, Joe filmed like, a teeny corner of one cage. It was like, he keeps these, like their cages are huge. They have like the smallest cage is 1200 feet. And the biggest is 2.2 acres. Yeah. But when they do like the same, when they start bringing people in for tours and everything, don't they like, they have them in like six by nine cages. Like when the people walk, go through on the walking tour. Well, they do a full tour. There's a lot of shady stuff with that because like the footage they used of, like, and I think Carol's a terrible person, but I do think Joe is more evil. He just tricked us because he has a better personality. Her voice is what ruins it for her. But she only lets groups of 20 in at a time. And 
Um, and like when the big, the, what we saw in the documentary was what they do one day a year to raise a bunch of money or something. But I do feel like uh, Harold and Carol are the creepiest for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, for and, sure, dude. <laughs> and they feel they've spoken out a lot since it came out because they feel super duped because the producers, when they started, um, basically said like, we're going to do like a blackfish type thing. We're going to, this will advocate for tiger care. Well, okay. You know, we're, we're, but then, and they said Joe Exotic's only going to be in it a little tiny bit. And then I think the producers were corrupted by the, by the beautifulness of Joe Exotic. I mean, he's like an aphrodisiac. You can't get away from him. Oh, so yeah. I think, I think the producers had good intentions when they started. And then once they met Joe Exotic, they were like, fuck this. We are going hard with Joe. Well, it's the most like evident with uh, Doc Antle because he's the most like calculated about it. But all these people, you're like, oh, this is how cults start. These people are just super charismatic, and then it's kind of just like the momentum of the actions, and like they make you live on the facility, and you do all this and that. Like even Carol Baskin, her like volunteers, where she has like the shirts program, where you have to like work your way up, and everybody works for free, even though she's raking in tons of dough. Like, and it's everyone's just obsessed with the cats i want to meet a tiger to see if it would make me be willing to do that because everyone's willing to throw their life away like joe exotic specifically said he got ex-cons because he knew they had nowhere else to go uh-huh because um there's a lot of great footage um from his own personal website of him just like evicting people and like you know like yeah. this guy this ex-con goes to work for him and then his wife is acting a fool and it's <laughs> he just says people who have nowhere else to go like his husband john the one with no teeth uh-huh. he met him when he was whoa whoa whoa, whoa he has some teeth and you know it's great too john came out in interviews recently and he was upset because he did two sets of interviews he did one set of interviews with fake teeth in and then the rest of the interviews with his fucked up teeth. And he's pissed that Netflix didn't use the ones with his dentures in. But one would think, why not just do all the interviews with your dentures? Yeah. I why mean, give Netflix that option? Yeah. Even my stepdad has that thing. with It's like a retainer, but it's got two teeth on it. Where it's oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, um, Carol starts going after Joe. Joe is not a fan of Carol Baskin. <laughs> He starts to taunt her. Um, and this just goes on for like five years. Um, eventually, Joe starts using her trademark. And then just like... He literally just uses her logo, but puts like another word beneath it. Um, he, so- he loves copyright infringement, man. Because he stole all Carol's stuff so he could get more traction to his website. But the intro of his, of his YouTube shows... It's the 20th Century Fox logo and music, except instead of 20th Century Fox, it just says Joe Exotic Tiger King. <laughs> but he has the exact music, the exact spotlights. He he just loves copyright. He just vanilla iced 20th Century Fox. This dude. Yeah, just barely switches it. So she, I mean, this whole thing, like Joe could have played it smart. The entire back and forth could have been like ridiculously easy but he keeps handing her ammunition for her to win so the the trademark yeah, i mean thing was he the final will spell. he will not shut his mouth and he's proud of that yeah so he starts to like legit taunt her uses her trademark which gives her all the fuel she needs to sue him for a million dollars and bankrupt him 
<laughs> completely bankrupt him, and he's such a fool. He even like got that blow up doll and was shoving dildos in her mouth on a show. And I did really love the move. If I ever get sued, I'm going to do this. Where he took all his property and just blew it up with Tannerite instead of um, oh yeah giving it to her. He's like, "You want my watch? You want my bed?" Yeah, I think he went a little too far when he went and bought like a female dummy. He's like, this is what we gonna do to Carol Baskin. <laughs> he just and also Tannerite, he just bought from Walmart from his from his future from campaign, his campaign manager. manager. Um, he is one of my favorites in the show. He seems like a very sweet guy. Um, I he really seems like very level headed. We I think we agree on a lot of political issues. Um, well, that was when he said he's like, uh, and the feds, the feds were coming after me and. I'm <laughs> they were like, you're either team government or you're team Joe. And I'm like, yeah. fuck the government, but I, I mean, I'm not team Joe. <laughs> He's like, technically, fuck the feds. But uh, that was the scariest thing that ever happened to me. And it's like, <laughs> that's the scariest thing. Not watching someone blow their brains out right in front of you. That isn't the scariest thing oh, that right. happened to you. We forgot that, dude. Oh, that, that, that's he how said, the timeline The I... feds coming after him. That's the scariest thing that's ever happened to him. Hey, we're getting an echo. Um, I don't know if it... No, it's kind of... It's gone now. Spencer was getting it. Okay, so now that she sued him for a million dollars and won, she's not getting any payout. Nothing's happening there. She's she's not going to get a million dollars out of this fucking... This, this mom-and-pop zoo in the middle of Oklahoma. Well, he's literally borrowing money from his mom. And even had his mom brainwashed. She's like, and I know, Carol, it's your fault that I'm g- g- going into the poorhouse and you're just jealous of Joe's zoo. It's like, ah, I don't think so. Nah, I'm not sure about that. Um, so then this is where we get into Joe starts accusing. He was asking, he was reaching out for info and so, he gets back with an anonymous tip that Carol probably murdered her husband. <laughs> and then you get into that. So Carol is a, is a fucking cuckoo clock. She yeah, her voice is so creepy. It's it's so easy to hate her. She could be Hillary Clinton's fraternal twin. Yeah, definitely. Uh, And it's uh, her her face, her voice. It's all just like uh, uh, off-putting, and her demeanor. Um, so she starts going into like, uh, well, they get into her backstory where they're talking about like uh, she was like abused from like her first marriage. So she starts hooking up with this millionaire guy who has a net worth of anywhere between 10 to 20 million. Her, uh, f- like, straight out of his lawyer's mouth. Um, he has a weird clause in his uh, last will and testament that says, like, in case of disappearance, which they interviewed, like, three different lawyers, and they're like, we've never seen that. And so this guy clearly thought his mistress was going to murder him. Yeah, well, he, he even he tried to file a restraining order against her, saying like, uh, uh, she threatened, she took my gun, she threatened me with a gun. She then wrote in her diary something like, uh, "I wish I could get out of this. I don't know how to get out of this," because she wanted to divorce him, mm-hmm. but still get money. And he had set things up. Well, she even like ran away at some point, and he like drove down the road and found her walking like at three in the morning on the side of the road. Showed her the gun and was like, get back in the truck. And she got back in the truck. No, oh, that's no. how he met her. She was with her her husband, her first husband at the time. She had thrown a potato at him, ran away, 
he saw a hot piece of ass on the sidewalk, said, get my car. She said, no. He said, well, how about you hold my gun to my head while we just drive around? And that's how the relationship started. So what a creepy ass relationship. She's like a Disney princess, dude. <laughs> um, so they, her husband disappears. They find his car at the airport, but there's no flight logs. He also owns planes and stuff. So she's like thinking like, oh, and if I leave his car at the airport, people think he just dipped out. But there's, she's like also doesn't she's not smart enough to realize that like there's flight logs. There's, you know, employees at the airport who didn't see him. <laughs> shit like that. Or that his planes were too small to fly that far. Yeah, she'd he'd have to island hop to get all the way down there because his whole her husband's whole plan was to like go to was it Puerto Rico or Costa Rica? Costa Rica because they were more relaxed on laws with tigers, which makes me think it's like they seem pretty goddamn relaxed in America. How much more relaxed do you need them? <laughs> well, I guess there's there's more tigers in backyards in America than anywhere else in the world combined. So like, how much more relaxed could Costa Rica be? Yeah, I don't um, know if you can, I don't you can do crazy shit to the Tigers. Well, and then she was saying, too, that um, he had, he was flying illegally because he lost his license, and he had plash, crashed his planes multiple times. <laughs> and the last one, he was never the same again. So she was trying to make it sound like he had Alzheimer's and just kind of wandered off. Yeah, and then they, and then they, this is, um. Uh... The documentary was brilliantly edited in this fashion. Every time they have somebody say something, this happened like 10 times throughout the whole thing, where somebody would say something, and then they just interview like eight other people and ask them that question. They're like, no, no. I mean, he was, I mean, I'm his lawyer. He was right of mind. He was fine. He's, he seemed perfectly good. He was doing calculus on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think his business partner and lawyer were the most credible because it's like the weird ex-wife and daughters that they were creeping me out too were like yeah she killed him she killed him and the mom and daughter were sitting in the same chair which was weird yeah um they yeah the, that, that family whole, was a little creepy they were super creepy so i trusted the the business partner because it's like he has no skin in the game uh why not he knows what's up you know and you probably if you and i were business partners you'd probably know all my secrets and stuff and he had planned on leaving her ass oh yeah and then so she she, I mean, allegedly, most definitely allegedly, uh, murders her husband. And when they ask her about it, she's like, I, you wouldn't even, I mean, it, it's reminiscent of when she, uh, when the tiger attacked Joe's shoes. And she's like, you wouldn't put like cologne on shoes. You'd do like sardine oil or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she totally slipped because she goes, she goes, well, if I was, and then she stops and goes, if someone was going to, <laughs> she did like what OJ did in his book. Yeah. Uh, if I did it, where he's like, I didn't do it, but this is exactly how I did it. But I didn't do it. <laughs> if I were to do it, um, there was a guy, Reggie, there the whole time. And they, those people for sure put something on on Tiger King's shoe. Like oh, Jeff yeah. Lowe was like, oh, I don't know. He, they were just suddenly interested in his shoes that day. And then like, he kind of like side smirks at the camera. Yeah. I don't know. That would be a shame if somebody did that. Wink, wink. Yeah, I think Jeff Lowe is the most evil person. Although the biggest piece on, of shit and i there's and you know i mean i've i loaned you a book on con man i'm a massive fan of the confidence man but he's a i don't like him because he's bad at it you know what i mean there's no charisma involved it's all just like 
this fake show to get you invested in him and then he steals your shit. Yeah, I had a guy, I had a customer at my bar who was like that, who would like try to come to my bar and try to like literally do the thing like, hey, uh, we're my, me and my partner were selling our company for $25 million. I need your bank account for a second so I could transfer like and I would always when he'd go to the bathroom, I'd be like, don't fuck with this guy because he would charm you enough. But uh, yeah, this is a quote right in the beginning, which I think sums up. Uh, this is from Rinky, the guy with no legs. He goes, animal oh, yeah. people are nuts, man. I might be one of them people. I don't know, but they're all half out there. They're crazy. And then the I think the biggest piece of shit starts out with a great line. But uh, you got to take it with a grain of salt. But the guy says, the monkey people are a little bit different. They're kind of strange. But the big cat people are backstabbing pieces of shits. Oh, yeah. That's, a, that's like, it's like four and, minutes into the entire series. He's just like, but big cat people are evil pieces of shit. He like looks directly the, in the camera and they zoom in on him. But the guy who says that is the guy that uh, ratted on everybody for absolutely no reason. He's like, the guy hey, who man, backstabbed everyone. They got me with a ocelot or what they got me with an a lemur. lemur man they backed me into the corner what do you what'd you expect me to do what what else could i have done it's like, i don't know just pay the 40 dollar ticket for yeah, a yeah. lemur three hundred dollars and so <laughs> yeah. he either got had, fired up for the feds he was just he was just throwing everybody under the bus they're like they're like what can you tell us about uh uh doc Antle? he's like well i'll tell you what and he's just like uh just going in just throwing people under the bus he didn't even need to in the documentary, he's like, yeah, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to. And he wasn't even partners with anyone. He wasn't a partner in the zoo. He wasn't a partner in the new zoo. All the only thing we know about him is he uh, was a manager at a strip club. Like, that's a hard job to get. Oh, no, but that's he, a... he, um, after Jeff Lowe took um, the reins. So Jeff Lowe is basically OK, so. Uh, Joe, why did he go to Vegas? He went to Vegas for some reason and he ran into Jeff Lowe. Um, and Jeff Lowe had, uh, unbeknownst to Joe Exotic, Jeff Lowe had rented a mansion and like paid a bunch of prostitutes to hang out with him all night because he's a con man. So he's like, let's put on this facade of this and that. So, yeah, uh, I think Jeff Lowe got involved because he just needed a place to store his 14 tigers. And then he came up with the brilliant idea of getting a party bus and getting a bunch of drunk, coked out people <laughs> being allowed. And they didn't really go into like really what he got in trouble for. But he tried to start a business where he would drive people from casino to casino and let them pet tigers along the way. Oh, no. He would put like tigers in suitcases and bring them up to like penthouses and then invite people up to the penthouse for uh, pay for play. And that was his way of getting laid because that one guy with no legs was like, yeah, man, uh, you know, Jeff, he liked to swing. He and Laura, they were swingers. And then he goes, yeah, they had sex with other people. It's like, okay, yeah, we know, we know the swingers. But his... That his means whole... they're a couple who had sex with other couples. Yeah. So his thing was, uh, he said one of the creepiest lines where he, he goes, uh, you know, a little pussy gets you lots of pussy. And what is the transition? It's like, okay, you get this Instagram model up in your room. She's petting the tiger. And then what do you zip the tiger back up in the suitcase and go, you got to fuck me now? How, what is that process? No, it's like what Doc Antle was saying, where he's like, it just brings out this primal sexual thing out of people. Yeah, but I, but Doc Antle was different because like 
these are just chicks going up to his hotel room. Doc Anna was like, I'm going to get you when you're 17. I'm going to change your name and you're going to live here on this property. No, but I mean, just in terms of of like 14 hours a day. No, I get it. I'm sure there was like cocaine involved too. It wasn't just tigers. And I'm just curious. How much did Jeff Lowe really get laid? Cause he looked like a fucking nerd. That outfit was ridiculous. Oh, the whole time. Dude, imagine, you know, he kept on uh, everything waist up. He kept on sex. His his yeah. shirt, his leather jacket, his bandana and his hat stay on. Yeah, the hat has to stay on because there was even footage of like the tigers kind of wrestling with him. And he was like holding his hat on for dear life. And then oh, you actually see him once once he gets arrested, you see him bald. You're like, you little fuck, because he did that move where he had like little curls hanging out the bottom of his oh. hat. Oh, like oh, I've so got gross. hair. It's he like a, so so gross. Uh, it's not like Tim McGraw wasn't bad. Tim McGraw had like a receding hairline, so he just wears a bandana under a cowboy hat, and you're like, all right, sure, whatever. But then, um, like Brett Michaels does the thing where he has like the hair is attached to his hat. <laughs> yeah, he it's has like a full like blown wig. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's gross. He had like um, what do they call the sh- the shrubs, the cherubs? Like the Got weird it. little babies, like the angel babies. He had uh, like weird curly hair just like coming off his neck. And you're like, that's probably all of the hair on his entire head. It is. And it was all old and gray. And oh, God, his outfit. He just looked like such a nerd. And he had all those like he had those like uh, super tight distress, like diesel jeans. <laughs> and I, I like to think that the tigers repulsed in him. They didn't come that way. That's what I like to oh, pretend. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, he didn't. He didn't buy those jeans with holes in them. Uh, they were either done through hard work or the tiger attacks that he fought off like a brave soldier. We've got um, Joe Exotic. He had, I mean, he had his white trash harem of men, but uh, he had he had pretty good game. I know it was all based on like math and everything, but I was thinking like. Uh, if I was a tweaker, mm-hmm. I cannot think of a better place to live. Oh, yeah. Because, like, okay, sure, they had to fuck Joe, but they were living the life. They got to smoke meth, hang out with a bunch of sweet animals, chimpanzees, tigers, wolves, shoot guns, and the, ride dirt bikes all over the place. Free Walmart meat? Yeah. Yeah. And we also didn't mention that he, uh, the Walmart meat that he gave to his tigers, he also gave to his staff. And he also used it as pizza toppings. And he uh, spelled pe- hats off to you, sir. <laughs> this is damn near still frozen. He made that free meat last, dude. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, they eventually, if they're making pizza out of it, like they're like, ah, oh, it's the best damn pizza I ever had. And then it cuts straight back to Rinky going, yeah, they probably just used that Walmart meat for the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> guaranteed because doc Annell, he had like a nice facility and he was saying it cost ten thousand a year to feed the tigers and joe exotic's like yeah okay, I do and then it for they, three thousand yeah and then they cut straight to joe exotic he's like i can do it for about twenty eight hundred thirty two <laughs> maybe um no but doc Annell had like the most legit setup he still does like because he's the main he's like the movie guy yeah every time he's see, smart and he, he clearly had like he has like a it's like a gated community where just but instead of like 
50 houses, it's 10 houses and an animal park. Like people yeah. have like this is my one girlfriend's house, this is my other girlfriend's house, this is my big house and it looks like a it looks like the uh like the main entrance for like Yosemite. It was like a giant log cabin with like a yeah. gift shop in it. They're nice houses. They said he did has done over 500 movies. He clearly had game when he was younger. He even kind of uh admitted it at one point he's like you think these hot girls want to fuck me now? No, they want to hang out with the tigers. He's like, but in the eighties, yeah, they wanted to fuck me. So he kind of admitted, <laughs> like, I'm old and fat now, but uh, you know, he looked good. He looked like uh, he looked like like David Crosby. So yeah, somebody posted a picture of a uh, Britney Spears doing the VMAs in like 2003, and Doc Antle is like six feet behind her holding a white tiger. Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah, uh, that's I mean that guy had the primo setup. But, also, uh, earlier, before uh, kind of the documentary stuff happened, Joe made some of his money uh, doing drug talks at schools. Yeah. And he had a there's a line in it where he says uh, he says to the kids, what do we say to drugs? We say no, because drugs make your teeth fall out. They make you really get ugly. And then you don't have any friends. <laughs> and. Joe Exotic should know because he's been force feeding his husband's drugs from the moment he met him. It's, it's See, that, like that episode of uh, South cool. Park where they have like the the uh, the assembly where the no smoking people come in and they're like, "So don't smoke if you want to end up like us." So the kids just head straight out back and start chain smoking till they're sick. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's Joe's. There's a. Sorry, that's Joe's strategy. A... Is he's he's like he's like don't do drugs or don't you know. Don't do drugs if you want to end up like me. So the kids just immediately leave and get hooked on meth so that six years later they need a place to live. Hey, I also have a zoo with free room and board. It doesn't have running water in any of the trailers. And there's fucking cockroaches everywhere. But Jesus Christ. Well, even that one girl was saying about Doc Annell that when she lived there, they lived in like tiger cages and filled with cockroaches. And his thing was like, hey, you're, you're going to be the lady who cleans up poop. But if you fuck me, you get to be the lady in the tiger shows. I mean, sweet deal. Is he, if he's being upfront about it. Yeah. Uh, I guess. Yeah, he was the most organized. He knew what he was doing the most. Um, yeah. I don't see them living in like squalor because like two of those chicks had like nice three bedroom houses. Uh, the chick Renee, who he renamed like Rajneesh or whatever. She had like a yeah. two-story and a fucking Pathfinder. She seemed to be doing all right. Yeah, they had a nice setup, and he kept them so busy, they probably couldn't use the Pathfinder, but they had it. Because what were they saying? They worked from 8 a.m. to midnight and were happy to do it? Oh, yeah, but it's a cult, you know? That's, yeah. I mean, the first thing you do is have them change their name, so they kind of disassociate with everything. What is this, Jeremy? The Are you sending me... I'm not sure what on. it is. Not too sure what it was, but all right. All good. No worse. Yeah. Um, Quarantine life, guys. You know what was disappointing about the documentary is they started interviewing the guy who was the basis for Scarface, and yeah. then he was only in it for like two minutes, and I'm like, what the fuck? Why? Why the hell didn't you interview him more? He must be super interesting because he had bank. He was sentenced to 100 years in prison. He got out after like 18 and his zoo was a private zoo. So he wasn't even making money off it. He just had a zoo because he felt like it. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like that. Um, The Miami Scarface guy. 
where he's just Miami. like, where that's they, what I'm like, talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, he doesn't even have, like, he doesn't even have visitors. Like they even try to get in for an interview, and they're like, no, you can't. It's appointment only. Like, yeah, so what do you not do interested. there? Like, how do you? What are you funding this with? Did they? I don't remember. Did they bring that up? No. Well, they. He went to prison for coke, and uh, he and his dad sold like unbelievable amounts of blow. So he must have kept some of that hidden from the government when he got yeah, locked up. Thing. Um, and then he's just, and then they sit down with him. He's like, yeah, basically I'm Tony Montana. They based that whole thing on me, you know? Yeah. Um, but I got tigers now. So that's cool. I did find um, some really good footage. I have some really hurtful news to, about Joe exotic that nobody knows. Uh Oh, exclusive. Do we have a news it, break? It's an exclusive. No news break, but um, <laughs> thanks. But uh, so uh, I watched and I was, I read Harold's blog post and he was talking about what's wrong with the documentary, what's not right. Joe's a liar, blah blah blah, and he revealed that Joe Exotic did not sing or write any of his own music. He had these two guys, a guy named Clinton and a guy named Garrett. They're country singers. They wrote and sang all the music for Joe Exotic, so he just lip-synced it. Um, obviously, he did the music videos, but even when he's singing at Travis's funeral, he's just lightly singing over a pre-recorded track. Yeah, but it's literally like, well, fuck, I wanted to get into that. So, but um, what's the difference between like him and, like I don't know, Luke Combs or any of these other new country guys. You know what I mean? That's what they do anyway. They have a ghostwriter. They don't play a fucking instrument. But a ghost singer. Ghost singer. Yeah, so. No, I mean, it's not a big deal. But that's, so? uh, that's heavy hitting that Joe never sang any of his own music. So Because he would listen to his own music. That was like the most narcissistic move was when he sang a song about his brother at Travis's funeral. And, well, then he, and then he doesn't even... Like it technically, he's not listening to his own music. It's not as narcissistic as you think. He's I know, listening I was, to yeah. the Ghostwriters music. But we got to talk about the service. So Travis supposedly accidentally killed himself because he said, "Okay, yeah." So, so one of Joe Exotic's husbands, um, both of which were not gay, they got a. Uh, by the way, they didn't marry until Travis was on board, and they got three-way married, all in like pink dress shirts and cowboy hats. Um, Travis. Is playing around with a gun as meth heads do, saying it's First not even loaded. He pointed loaded. it at someone else, the campaign manager. He points at the campaign manager and he's like, "Hey, man, what the fuck? Don't point guns at me," because he he knows what he's doing. He worked, you know, three months ago. He was working the ammo counter at Walmart, <laughs> so he comes in and he's like, "Hey, don't point that gun at me. I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get this guy elected to this fucking state office." Travis is like, "It's not even loaded," and walks over into the corner and points the gun at his own head. And all we see is the security camera footage of, uh, I guess, his campaign manager's like reaction shot. You just see a flash, and then he just like puts his hands over his mouth. That was a very weird reaction, too. That guy's name is... Um, shit. His name is Joshua Dial. And I liked him a lot, because he, right off the bat, the first interview, it shows him taking a hit from his weed pen and then coughing like a little girl. But he goes... He's like, yeah, I knew Joe was batshit crazy. I knew he was batshit crazy from the conversations we had at Walmart. But uh, <laughs> so By that way, starts it off. And then he goes, uh, but 
being a campaign manager, that's my dream job. Because when Joe Exotic ran for president, he was an independent. Clearly, this Joshua guy is a staunch libertarian. And yeah. he influenced him to become a libertarian for the campaign. Well, even in and, it, he's like, he's like, I don't think Joe knows what a libertarian was. I, I mean, I think I, I, I think he still doesn't. <laughs> he still doesn't. And that line was just so good when he goes, then the feds were calling me. And I'm a libertarian, so technically, fuck the feds. But <laughs> that was the scariest thing that ever happened to me. I... Yeah, that was a pretty cool campaign. The condoms thing was a good idea. He spent seventy thousand dollars and charge and just charged it to uh, to Jeff Lowe. <laughs> I love when he was walking around at the rodeo. He's like, "Well, I'm running for uh, you know, I'm gonna be the governor, so uh, you know, just make sure you vote for Joe Exotic." And then the, like some good old boy was like, "Well, you got my vote, sir." And then he hands him like a condom. He's like, "What the fuck, man? You just ruined that whole interaction. You almost won him over." <laughs> Beard. Yeah, he's got like seven earrings in each ear. Yeah, he has the uh, eyebrow piercing. And not to mention, he has his dick pierced, and he puts a master lock on the end of it. Yep, yep. And he just has the master locks hanging on his wall, just on like nails. They don't make a ring that big. What do you do with that? Does that go in a butt? I Some dude, fucking John and Travis, and then eventually Dylan just have... Everybody who's last... if If... If he has your last name, you're getting a master lock in your ass. That's what's going on. <laughs> See, I was thinking that since Joe's so like dominant and powerful in his real life, Charismatic. maybe he, maybe he's the one who takes it in the ass because oh, that would make uh, it easier for Travis. Like a female district attorney, she's she dominates all day, and then she wants to come home and get dominated. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, they were kept talking about how big Travis's hands are. He's size sixteen feet. And he's six foot six, so he was probably just plowing into Joe. Six six. He had a sweet mustache, uh, luscious locks. He didn't have some weird stringy fucking mohawk. It looked like he dipped in motor oil. <laughs> that was a like, great part like too. John. Uh, right before they showed uh, showed uh, him kill himself, was the campaign manager is like, yeah, and he came up to me and he was complaining that he's a slave and no one <laughs> listens to him. And that, they won't let uh, me leave, yada, yada, yada. They, they won't let me leave. And quite <laughs> frankly, he was pissed he didn't have enough pot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, and that's when, that's when the moment Travis killed himself, that's when the documentary quit being funny. And because like the first three episodes are just so much fun. And it's even though they're <laughs> everyone's treating these tigers like shit, like. The idea of taking these baby tigers, ripping them away from their mom, and then just sh driving them around to all the shittiest zoos around the country, or the malls, shittiest malls, malls around the country. And not yeah. even in, um, not even the good malls, like Bakersfield, they have, uh, they had the West Side Mall and then Valley Plaza. The West Side Mall was the mall up until like the late 90s, then they built Valley Plaza. So then everybody goes to Valley Plaza and the West Side Mall just kind of turned into like an indoor flea market. Where it was like a, you know, 20 years prior, it was a top of the line, like, God bless America mall. But then like every other store was closed down. And like some people were just like garage sailing out of like what used to be a Claire's. And I feel like those are the those are the venues he was at. Every town that had two malls, he was at their West Side Mall. <laughs> yeah, the one like, with less security and who didn't care. And food court is all just like taco trucks and like those dudes with like chickens in cages. <laughs> yeah. The the, uh, and the the spicy fruit cart lady, Chinese like knockoff purses and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Carlton's Koreatown Gucci bags. 
one guy I really liked was um, I liked Rick Kirkman, the producer. Oh, yeah. The reality show guy. Yeah, I liked him because uh, he was the best, I feel like, narrator or commenter. Um, oh, because he's in the biz. He's in yeah. the business. Well, I guess he was semi-successful in the business, but then he was battling a 15-year crack addiction, which is why he went to the farm to begin with, because he wanted to get away with, get away from drugs. And um, he was banking his whole career on Joe. And... He seemed to be one of the smarter guys, but also a moron. He didn't back up any of that footage, literally, because t- <laughs> they were filming 24 hours a day for years. And yeah. then Joe got freaked out because he realized how much illegal shit was being filmed. There's so much like mistreatment of animals being filmed and everything was being filmed. And then where he was stupid, not for just backing it up, but he pulled out the contract. It was like, Joe, I own you. I own you. Well, okay, so let's get into that. What do you think happened there? Who do you think burned it down? For sure, Joe. Joe filmed himself going into the (laughs) lawyer's office, and he went to the lawyer's office and said, uh, hey, we got this guy. He's making a reality show about me. The lawyer said, oh, he's filming? He goes, no, he's already got it all filmed. And then he said, well, how are you protecting yourself? If he already has all the footage, why does he need you? And then the lawyer goes, uh. You know what I'm saying, right? Oh, yeah, that's what he just he kept not like giving him direct advice. He just go going, you see what I'm getting at, right? <laughs> yeah. See what and I'm then and then Joe gets into his car and he's demanding that the guy film it like you can literally hear, hear Joe like, don't put the camera down for a second. Joe gets in the car and says, um, he goes, I'm going to give someone 10 grand uh, that who. Oh, there's no, somebody he, out there who really needs 10 grand. He says, I'll find someone who needs 10 grand to make a name for themselves. <laughs> yep, make a name for yourself. You don't want to make a name for yourself. <laughs> yeah. you, want, you want this to remain discreet. And Joe was in Chicago at the time. But what was great, great alibi. What's great is he had 10 grand to give to this guy to do to kill crocodilians. Okay, first of all, this is that's the only I just want to bring this up. The only time in the entire series they even mentioned that he had a bunch of alligators. Yeah, I had no idea. And they were <laughs> they were his husband, John's. He seemed very passionate. He said they killed seven of my crocodilians. But what's amazing to me is he gave someone 10 grand to blow up the studio, but he only gave the guy three grand to murder Carol Baskin. Yeah. So the well, they, they, guy, go to give him, they go to give him five. And then he they're like, well, he only gave me three. So what are you going to do? <laughs> How that guy didn't go to prison, that guy was so scary, and he took the money, fully admitted he was going to kill her, and then was just like, yeah, then I just did a bunch of blow and, and uh, drank a lot and went to a strip club instead. I kind of Yeah, I made it out. to like Mississippi and then just started partying. That, that was unreal. How Jeff Lowe didn't get in any trouble. The lemur guy, all he did was fucking get an illegal lemur, big deal. Joe had like every illegal animal on earth. And you know what was really crazy is they were talking about like Joe really needed money, so he's selling his cubs, and he's like, "Yeah, I get two grand a cub." Purebred cats sell for like twenty five, three grand. Yeah, like actual normal dogs sell for more than two grand. 
how is a tiger only going for two thousand dollars? Well, there's got to be some type of like uh, diminishing returns on that because it's like okay, you got to be in the market for it, but then you also have to like have a facility. Like they said, it's like ten thousand per cat to properly feed it if you don't have a a Walmart hookup. Well, just to house it because that's how so many of those like chimpanzees and tigers get abandoned because they're like, oh, look at this cute little chimp. He's a baby, and then. They grow up and you're like, holy shit, this thing is stronger than 10 of me. I gave it some wine and it ripped my face off. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, you got to be a pretty sick person because they killed seven of my crocodilians. So Joe for sure did it. And then he made all those passionate videos where he's like, and I'm going to give 10 grand to whoever did it or, you know, whoever catches this person. Yeah, I want to go back just rec- a little bit because we talked about we just touched on Travis's funeral how insane that was like he literally said travis told me he was put on this earth to make me laugh and then he did when i'd be sitting at my computer all serious (laughs) writing a letter to congress he'd come up and put his balls in my face everyone (laughs) here has seen his balls they're my golden nuggets right in front of his tweaked out mom his mom's just sitting in the front row oh yeah his mom just immediately struck me as like somebody who cleaned up her act like four years ago but in that, in the funeral video, if you rewatch it, the mom is tweaking so hard. She's swaying back and forth and clenching her hands like she is high as fuck. She's probably, she's probably, it's because after a while you just maintain those mannerisms. She's probably clean, but she just has no idea what the fuck is going on. She's like just literally looking around going, is this really happening? And then, and then, yeah. so he dies, he dies. Her mom, uh, Travis's mom comes out to the funeral. And then, first of all, they keep selling Travis. Like, he's like, oh, he's the kid, the hottie out from California. Out from California. When he's probably from, like, Modesto or something. <laughs> it's not even, he's from, he's from fucking Hanford. Yeah, but, they make um, it seem, seem like he's, like, some Newport Beach surfer or something. Yeah, yeah, but he's just from fucking <laughs> Tulare. Uh like three months later, he gets uh, married to Dylan, his third husband, because his no, well, that's his, his first... fifth husband. Fifth, okay, in the dock. Sure, um, third in the dock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So John was his first, who turns out not gay, ends up marrying like the receptionist. He's like, I, I'm tired of sucking dick. I want to put some teeth in my face, and I'd like to have sex with a woman, please. <laughs> So uh, Travis shoots his fucking head off on accident, which I still don't know if it's on accident. You never know. Um, so he remarries this other dude, Dylan, two months after Travis's funeral and only invites the photographer and Travis's mom. And that was like when J- first time Joe seemed like actually malicious. You know yeah, what I mean? That was a creepy fucked up thing to do. We just so like and like Travis's mom said, like just so she'd be in the photo. So it looked like she was all right with it. So it's like Dylan's parents weren't even there, but his ex-husband's mom was there. You're like, what the fuck is going on, dude? Well, and there's that footage of him like shooting guns near her where he was like, remember before Travis died, the mom was there working and he's like, go on, run. And he's like shooting guns next to her leg. Oh, my dance. Um, so his funeral's nuts. John marries a female employee. Two months later, John Joe marries Dylan. And then this is when... um. That is actually when Jeff Lowe came in around that era. Um, he brings in Jeff Lowe, who's this Las Vegas con man. 
And they're all super impressed because he was stood a up to swinger. Carol. Yeah. No. Oh, what, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's on the phone with Carol. He's like, the, the mediator was like, you need to get off the phone. He said, when I woke up this morning, I was in a free fucking country and I'm still there. Harold, fuck you and your cunt wife. And it's like, well, you just heard it. You heard his cause big time. <laughs> well, because, yeah, because when he first you're like, because they introduce him as like, oh, this is the guy who's going to save the park. And then they bring him in and you're like, and then Joe's on the, the uh, conference call with Carol and uh, what's her husband's name? Uh, Harold. Harold. She and then they're having a conference call. Then Joe starts hitting a roadblock. They've, they're nailing him. So Jeff comes up and he's like, let me help Joe out here. And you're like, oh, shit, is this where he's going to use like his business prowess and really just like put them in their line, like, you know, quote some legal statute or this or that. And he just goes, last time I checked, I was in a free fucking country, lady. (laughs) Like, oh, shit, this is not going to help out the whole situation. Um, So they bring in this Jeff guy to protect and they're all impressed. He's got apparently a lot of money. He's bringing in his own animals. He's got a hot wife. They swing. He had a Hummer. Um, yeah, he had a Hummer. He's probably bringing in a lot of drugs, too, if I'm being honest. Um, so J- uh, Joe just go ahead and puts everything in his name. <laughs> and then Jeff's first um, plan of action is to just try and remove Joe from his own fucking zoo. Oh, yeah, because uh, he initially, before he put it in Jeff's name, uh, Joe maxed out all his credit cards and then said, Hey, John, let's put the zoo in your name. And John's like, that seemed like a good idea at the time. But then he divorced Joe. He's gone. So Jeff gets in his name. And Jeff still has it to this day. Oh, yeah, yeah. He saw, uh, I saw him do an interview with David Spade. By the way, go to David Spade's Instagram. He's doing interviews with everybody one-on-one. They're all like one at a time, like 15-minute interviews with everybody from the documentary. Nice. Um, so J- then Jeff starts claiming that Joe, claiming... That Joe embezzled a bunch of money to finance his uh, campaign for president, um, which became his campaign for governor because he couldn't wait. <laughs> He's like, wait, president's only every four years? I've got to get elected this year. I'll, I'll do like a – can I get like a Senate seat or something? <laughs> which is kind of crazy because he actually ends up third in the election. He, he ended up at, third. Like, he pulled it 19 points, which is fucking crazy. And he had an awesome uh... – when he was when he was giving a speech or it was during a debate, he goes, uh, I'd like to introduce you to my wife, but uh, my husband's at home feeding a baby kangaroo. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh Which shit. is a Do great you, line. You got the quotes. What did he say when they first had like the first um, like uh, nominee panel? They opened up and then Joe Exotic spoke first and he just said something like kind of wild and everybody just quieted down. No, that's what he said. He said, yeah, I'd like to introduce you to my wife. But my husband's at home feeding my baby kangaroo. And then he goes, I've always wanted to say that and just laughs. And then, yeah, and then he laughs and the rest of the room is just like kind of quiet and awkward. And he even still like for his first campaign video, he still brought up Carol. He's like, I'm gay. I'm a redneck. I'm broke as shit because of some bitch down in Florida. It's like, God damn it. You got to let go of this Carol thing. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude, your life might have been fine if you just like. You guys could have separated ways. Honestly, you could have just solved this whole thing by just ignoring Carol Baskin. Yeah, because what progress did she make? Pay and play, pay to pet or pay to play is still. Uh, that's another reason Doc is super smart. She went to Congress to go s- try to get her big cat bill passed, but he showed up the week before with tigers. 
Yeah. And so all the politicians were like holding them and they're like, ah, shit. Yeah. So even if, yeah, even if she gets them, he's like, hey, he just like blackmailed him essentially. Where he's yeah. like, hey, you can't say, say shit because I got a picture of you last week holding a goddamn Siberian tiger. <laughs> um, and then Doc Annell also uh, being accused, just real quick, uh, of killing tigers the second they're not financially viable. Yeah, which is like three weeks. Yeah, so, so as soon as you can't like uh, give them to like Jeff Lowe to bring up to some penthouse <laughs> with some cocaine to get a fucking half of a bad below job. He just fucking offs him. I don't know how you killed tigers. I hope he did it humanely, though. Well, um, he, they said he had like a crematorium, so he would actually kill them and cremate them to get rid of the evidence. Because what was crazy about fucking Joe is like like Carol. Carol has, has like 20 big cats. Joe, like he's doing constant breeding so he can make money from petting. Yeah. Like he had like 300 tigers. Yeah. I want to see this property because they never said, like, for how long this documentary was, there's very little tiger footage. We can get a maybe a, a fucking a Google Earth of that. Let me try and pull yeah, that cause up. Yeah, because I did I did a Google Earth of Carol's, um, or I saw a side-by-side of Joe's versus Carol's. That's how I realized that um, Joe was kind of just lying. Like, her cages are way bigger and nicer. And remember how he's saying, like, yeah, look at, just, you know how... It's full of weeds. Look at all these weeds. And it's like, no, those are like the natural trees that um, are in India where these particular tigers are from, you know, where Joe just says like gravel. Even remember when he was talking about like his chimpanzees, like he kept them in separate cages. And it's like, yeah. why the fuck? And it took him 10 years just to anyway. They're just all let them live together. I, uh, I just Jeff I just Googled. Uh, evil. Oh, yeah, for sure. I just Googled. um GW Zoo, and the first is a news article, Shaq explaining appearance at Joe Exotic Zoo. Yeah, I saw that. He's embarrassed now. Well, yeah, I mean, there, there's actually a few celebrities there. Um, let me see. GW Zoo, Oklahoma. 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 All right. Yeah, I can't. Is... Here it is, Greater Wynwood Exotic Center. Yeah, so, yeah, just uh, look up the Greater Greater Winwood Exotic Animal Park. And Joe is charming and fun enough on the show where there are like people who don't think he's guilty and don't think he should be in prison. Like he absolutely committed um, many crimes. Um, <laughs> he definitely. What? I mean, it's on video that he hired. Like Jeff Lowe was a bitch for setting him up and getting him in trouble, but like. He definitely paid that guy to go kill Carol Baskin. Oh, yeah, for sure. So let's get into that. They um, When the, they start having financial troubles, um, they don't know yet that Joe's embezzling the money, but uh, or for sure. But uh, this is when they reach out to that fat strip club owner to invest in the park a little bit. And then while they're having those conversations, Joe asks him, that, uh, that fat Haley Joel Osmond, with the same haircut as the Oakland Raiders owner. <laughs> they, they ask him for hitman recommendations. They say it like that. Do you have any recommendations for a hitman? Uh, but then they end up settling on uh, Jeff's right-hand man. Was his name Alan Glover, right? Yes. Uh, they say they're going to give him five grand. They only give him three. He makes it halfway and just starts fucking partying. And by the way, I'm already going like, hey, how many people are you just going to interview shirtless? 
And then they cut to Alan Glover and they're interviewing him in the tub. Yeah, I don't know how the hell they got him in a bathtub, but that was so funny. That just and speaks to I'm like, I literally look over at my girlfriend, I'm like, I'm like, this is I'm like, we're just we're on like episode eight, so we're desensitized to this right now. But just know they're interviewing this guy while he's taking a bath. And he's like soaping up and everything. Yeah, he's but he's wearing like swim trunks so he can be decent, you know? Yeah, and the reason uh, the other guy, John, his toothless husband, the reason he was interviewed shirtless is because he said in an interview he's really proud of his tattoos, so he wanted to show off his art. Well, I'm going to get one of his tattoos in particular, right above my penis, just says Property of Joe Exotic. He had like four Joe tattoos, and and now they're going to make a movie out of it. Uh, Edward Norton's trying to play Joe Exotic, so is Dax Shepard. And then I guess Kate McKinnon from SNL is signed on to play Carol Baskin. Ah, uh, that's, I mean, oh, well. Dude, they better get fucking Michael Keaton to play Joe Exotic. He looks exactly like him. Yeah, he uh, should. Uh, Super producer is telling us uh, we should wrap this bad boy up. Name, wait, wait, yeah. Well, I mean, in due time, we got, <laughs> I mean, we got a little bit more to cover. Um, let's see. The plot fails because Alan just starts doing drugs halfway to Florida. Okay, so they, then they, after all the embezzlement, the things finally go off. Jeff kicks Joe out. So Jeff or Joe leaves, um, comes back through the cloak of night, and loads up a bunch of tigers and cubs. Uh, he takes them to northern Florida where he uh, rents a property. Uh, but claims to what be in the Bahamas. Yeah, yeah. So he's posting pictures in front of like a green screen and like on the beach, be like, "Love it down here at St. Bart's," and everybody's like, "You're clearly in." And I fuck, I forget who said it, but they were like, "That's Clearwater water." I've been to yeah, Clearwater. Yeah. That's Clearwater water. That was Chucky. That was the that was the rat lemur owner. He's like, "Oh, I know that water. That ain't <laughs> what Bahamas a psycho. water. That ain't Bahamas water. That's 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 Panhandle. That's spring training baseball water." And this is a great Joe line that. Uh, it's, it was in the very beginning of the doc, and then it was went on later as one of his prison phone calls. But he goes, let me tell you. Let me tell you the whole thing, because then you'll get it. Then you'll say, Jesus fucking Christ, why are you in jail? Um, yeah, not really. <laughs> and he put himself on the stand and did a really good job. Oh, yeah. I mean, the guy, he's super charismatic. That's what this is all about, is these Tigers people are, are so fucked in the head. And, I mean, Bhagavan Antle. I mean, he doesn't lean any like uh, favors towards just either of those things. Like people who become like yogis and people who become like exotic zoo owners are all weird culty rapists. Yeah. But the fact that he's Doc Antle is both had me laughing my ass off. So I'm like, yeah, this guy's charismatic as fuck. He told people he's a Bhagavan. Um, so he ends up killing when he gets to Florida, he ends up killing all the older tigers because you you know, he doesn't have the $3,000 a year that Walmart truck coming anymore. So he can only afford to feed the, the cubs. And they're the money makers anyway. So he kills all the older tigers, tries to um, incinerate them, but ends up just burying half burnt tiger corpses. And then that's when the fat strip club owner turns informant, just starts throwing people under the bus left and right for no reason. Uh, and then it's still threatening. that He's like, oh, I'm not done with Jeff. Because I'm the one who told him to go down to Texas and build a zoo. And now I'm not in it. Um, and then lastly, Joe is arrested while working as a dishwasher in Florida. And what they end up 
after all this craziness, the only thing they really get him on is the murdering of the tigers. Yeah, yeah. Like the contract killing is still like kind of up in the air. And I'm even I was Googling earlier today and they're saying Carol Baskin, like the sheriff is now reaching out for like any more information on her husband's murder. Uh, oh, they said they're getting sick ever since the documentary came out. They're getting six tips a day. None have left <laughs> anything because it's just people like us who are calling in and being like, oh, I know. I know. I saw the documentary. She did it. Do you have any evidence? Yeah, watch the documentary, idiot. <laughs> well, and the murder for hire thing, it's like literally every single person involved is a felon. So who do you oh, trust? Yeah. Um, so let me go over to the ex- Walmart truck pizza. Got it. Lesbian loses her arm. Not a lesbian. We covered that. Antle seems normal until they interview his first wife. Definitely kills tigers. <laughs> Shooting at explosive, including Carol Dummy. The studio fire... Sardine oil, Travis's mom. Um, Ranky also seems like, I just want to mention, he also seems like a good guy. Um, oh, yeah, I agree. I was watching fully. the David Spade interview. He seems like a very normal, levitated guy. He's like, yeah, I didn't lose my legs to tigers. It was actually a zip lining incident. Um, yeah, totally but he my seems like, fault. He seems like a handful of guys that I've worked with over the years. You know, just like those middle-aged like dudes that are still into like, motocross and just kind of chill, you know, just... Their whole life revolves around like getting off work so they can have a beer. Yeah, it seems Waiting like a real go down to the river. Oh yeah, and he was like, and then his feel—you could tell his feelings were hurt because he didn't testify in the trial. He's like, I've worked for Joe for fourteen years. <laughs> and then there's the other that the head zookeeper was a guy who like looked like me if I smoked a bunch of meth. The blonde haired, oh, yeah, long haired like, guy, um, like Iggy Pop. Yeah, but he has a great line. He goes, "I'm kind of embarrassed to say it." But when I found the place, I was kind of on the end of my ropes. I found this place on Craigslist. And I said, man, I've never done this before, but what the fuck? Let's go. <laughs> and now look at me. I'm doing Tiger shows. What, what did he say? He said something hilarious. When they kept, he kept just like opening up the entire thing. And then finally they asked him a question. He's like, let's not discuss it. He's like, next question. I don't remember that. But you know what was really interesting, too, is like, how powerful these tigers are every single person that was interviewed no matter how like even if they weren't even that close to any of these tiger people their whole house was decked out in tiger gear like oh yeah like the white trash guy or which one but like they even if like some of it was like (laughs) expensive taxidermy tigers and then like the guy who looked like me and iggy pop mixed was like he had like a tiger stuffed animal and tiger t-shirt but even the police detective who was in charge? Um, who was in charge of solving uh, Carol Baskin's ex-husband's death? He had a lion coffee table and a chimpanzee butler, and he was just a cop. Yeah, I mean it's fucking wild. I mean, all so of these the people power for sure. Of these tigers, you cannot underestimate that. Every single person they interviewed in this documentary has done some type of like tiger play in sex. Like they're not furries, but it's like a different sect of like Carol and her husband. Well, I'm co- like, oh, she's leading sure, him around on a leash, or they're doing like weird, like meow, meow. <laughs> well, he seems like such a cuck that I bet you he jerks off to her getting her pussy eaten by a tiger. Oh, probably. They they bring the little cubs in and like put some fucking sardine oil on her clitoris. Yeah, that's just a theory, but just a theory. Um, fuck, I think we covered it, dude. I have one. If people are, uh, oh yeah, do you have any can- quotes? You haven't used? 
Yeah, no, I've gone through a lot of the quotes, but uh, I have a great, great recommendation called uh, one good quote, which is totally made up from Joe Exotic. Is uh, he he used this in the funeral, and he goes, "You know what? You know what? Uh, my husband said to me before he died. He said, honey, if anyone get the people of Oklahoma to love and respect each other, it's you.'" Oh yeah, I just never said that. And there's a great. It's not in the doc. Yeah, never said it all. It's not in the documentary, but it's in a on his TV show. He's talking about how uh, he does a lot of work with uh, uh, handicapped people and mentally disabled people, and it shows footage of like a couple Down syndrome kids hanging out with them. He's like, "Yeah, and if I I can show them a tiger or uh, sit with them in a sandbox, then I can just get them away from the darkness of their life for five minutes. Then I've done God's work." And it's like, what what darkness? Down syndrome kids seem to have a pretty happy-go-lucky attitude. Yeah, ignorance know, uh, is bliss, dude. They, I mean, read Flowers for Algernon. Retarded people seem to be happier. Yeah, but this is a really good documentary I saw like 10 years ago. It's called The Elephant in the Living Room. And it's about one guy who lives in Ohio. He's super, super poor and white trash and also mentally unstable. And he has he's obsessed with lion, big cats, too. And he has two lions in a trailer and they keep escaping throughout the whole documentary. Like one lion goes onto the freeway and just starts attacking cars. I'm almost positive it's on Hulu. It oh, used to Jesus. be on Netflix, but it, it's so good because it has a guy who's like a ranger whose job it is, is to find people with illegal exotic animals. And he, it's a great documentary. It's a lot sadder because this guy truly is mentally unstable and he's like torturing these lions because they're living in freezing Ohio um, mm -hmm. but it's like, but the animal, the guy who's like in trying to get him to set his lions free is so interesting. Cause he spends his entire life finding white trash pieces of shit with like illegal <laughs> snakes in their apartments and, you know, fucking Dude, mongooses. And it trailers. is incredible how everybody is a piece of shit in this entire like world. They devising. Yeah. Or they are spotlighting, they have, I guess they have a weird God complex and, Something about owning tigers makes them feel like they're the most powerful people on earth. Because it's primal. It's it's sexual. It's like because reptile people are the same. Like those big snake guys at the beach, they they have that same thing where it's just like an energy, and they're like, uh, it's like Oliver Platt from Lake Placid. Where he's like, you just look in their eyes, and you know you're looking at a dinosaur. It's so sexy. <laughs> all right, um, all right. Are we done? Yeah, I think so. All right, cool. Um, we're at we'll like see what, you guys next 20? week. Sorry, with Jeremy, the, with the regular so episode. Uh, give all the interns a bonus for me. Oh, good. Uh, that sound that we had—that was your beard. So I'm glad we figured that one out. Oh, uh, was that an issue? Uh, slightly is okay. So just for the I hear, I hear it a little bit. Yeah. All right, so you guys just ignore that. It's my my big sexy Brief. beard. It's okay. Um. Uh, so that, that's why Spencer put his hair in a ponytail so it wasn't rubbing on now he's making me feel like an idiot professional professional alright guys um, thanks for uh, listening we didn't do any hats or gloves but you know which ones were hats and which ones were gloves uh, this is a shout out to Cindy and my mom and that one guy in <laughs> India and apparently a bunch of people in France Hell so, yeah. uh, so uh, we appreciate you for listening uh, thanks for tuning in to the quarantine pod and uh, make sure you follow us at Mitchell Phil Up, at Robot Spencer, at Beam Jeremy, 
at HogoPod. Um, I think that's it. Please rate and review on iTunes. Um, and uh, have your mom email me so I can say, what's up? Yeah, what up? She's bored right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Outro music. <laughs>